Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, there are many ways in which people like to assert their status, a big house or a professional title. And then there's that old cliche of a man owning a sports car, which is often connected to an insecurity over certain physical endowments they may not have. But is there actually something to that? The American author Chuck Thompson, author of The Status Revolution, and Professor Daniel Richardson from University College London teamed up to find out. And they say it's a real thing. Chuck and Daniel, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Hello. Uh, Chuck, can I start with you? Um, What is status, given that that so many different people have their own ideas about what status is anyway? Yeah, it's a tough question. It's quite an amorphous term. Um, You know, status in the the basic definition refers to the social or professional or other standing that a person or thing has in relation to others. Um, so that's a fairly simple concept where it gets a little bit squishy is when you start throwing in these adjacent words of prestige, elitism, privilege, even luxury. Um, but I, I think it's, it's essentially the way that a, a person or thing or object is viewed in relation to others. Right. OK, but but that could be in just as simple as your next door neighbor has a nicer lawnmower than you do. Well, if you place a value on lawnmowers, I guess it would. Um, one of the one of the points that I'm trying to get at in the in the book that I wrote that led to this study with uh, Dr. Richardson is that I think markers of status like that are beginning to lose their power and, and relevance as society kind of is starting to shift the way it looks at status. Yeah. And and I suppose, Daniel, a lot of people might have thought there's a study about, you know, uh, um, people, young men, sports cars, small penises, bit cliched. Uh, yes, it is completely cliched. Um, but one of the interesting things to us anyway was that even though it's a cliche, even though it's a trope, there's absolutely no evidence behind it. Right. We all have this floating around as if it's a cultural fact, but it's either true or not. But no one had tried to find out before. That's why Chuck's question was of interest to me. Right. Okay. And and so how did you go about establishing that? Because I assume you didn't get, you know, where you didn't advertise for men with small penises to to come and take part in a study. That is true. That is not how my parents raised me. Um, It was a it was a strange beginning. And when Chuck first asked us, my first response was absolutely not. I'm not getting involved in that. Uh, But then we had the realization that we could do it without using a tape measure whatsoever. And that's when I thought, actually, this could be quite interesting to do. And the reason is that size doesn't really matter. What matters is what you believe in the psychology of it. So we don't have to measure people physically. We just have to change their beliefs about themselves because psychology is what's driving all of these uh, wants and desires. So the way we did it was by suggesting or influencing or nudging men to thinking that they had a relatively small or large penis. And the way we did that is by giving them false information about the average penis size. So compared to that, they feel relatively good or bad about themselves. And then immediately afterwards, we asked them, how much you like this Porsche? How much you like this Lamborghini? Had you asked them before you'd given them this devastating penis news uh, about (laughs) Porsches and Lamborghinis? No, we hadn't. In fact, the whole thing was wrapped up. Often in psychology, we have to hide what we're doing, um, be a little bit sneaky. It's one of the reasons I like my job. Um, So we set this up as an experiment that was all about 
uh, multitasking online. Because when you're buying Christmas presents, you're often reading the newspaper at the same time, checking the sports results. So we said, we're going to ask you about how much you like these different products. And at the same time, give you random bits of information. So it said the capital of Australia is Canberra, then said, how much do you like these shoes? And mixed up in all of this, seemingly at random, was the average male penis size is 18 centimeters or 12 centimeters. Now, how much do you like this Porsche? Right. Okay. And one could argue that's correlation rather than causation. (laughs) What a great question. This is like my psychology lectures. Uh, No, it is causation because uh, half the people we told that the average size was big and they were feeling small. The other half at random, we told them the average size was small, so they're feeling relatively big. Ah. So it's causal because we are making them feel one size or another. If we just make everyone, it will be correlational. Yeah. But because we're randomly making people feel bigger or smaller than asking them, now we can make this causal claim that it's the belief in the size of your penis that apparently changed your desire for the sports car, at least for men over 30. Right. And 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 Chuck, were there, okay, the sports cars are obviously a factor there. Were there any other products you threw in there to see what the reaction, like, did they also like microwave ovens or dustbins or anything? Yeah, we did have several um I don't know, I guess it would be up to uh, Tucker interested to tell us what, I don't know if these are control items, but yes, we certainly had other, and we had a pair of skis and, um, you know, just some other basic consumer products. I would like to say one thing very quickly to backtrack. You're right that it is a cliche, this standard joke, but I will also say that it's a cliche for a good reason. Um, men Google more questions about their penises than other body part or function by far. So it's something that guys are quite... Um, profoundly interested in now yeah but when, we, when we say men is it men of a certain age men of a certain uh socioeconomic background you know, or are we talking well, all men is, i think this is where one of the findings was really interesting and i'll, I'll turn it over to uh to daniel to, to talk to us about that about the the age factor in this study yeah okay so daniel let's i suppose like you you might reach a point in life if you're kind of grown up enough that it doesn't really matter but but uh, i suppose when when they're young and they're in their 30s and maybe then i haven't settled down with somebody that they might be anxious about this yeah that's right so we we checked people's ages because both the purchasing patterns for sports cars change over age and also lots of things to do with dating strategy and what you want and how you feel about yourself also changes uh so we measured age as well and what we found is that the Men under 30, there wasn't an effect to this penis uh, manipulation, which is a technical term. Yeah. Um, One of the reasons we don't quite know why yet, one of the reasons might just be all the men under 30 liked all the sports cars all the time. There was a very, very high ratings for under 30. And in general, as you age, your uh, ratings to these sports cars goes down and down and down. So you're less interested in sports cars as you get older. However, what we found is if we made men over 30 feel like they had a relatively smaller penis, then basically they went back up to the under 30 uh, side. They liked the sports cars as much as a younger man if they felt slightly inadequate. Does this uh, open also open up the depressing vista that uh, the cliche about uh, men hitting a certain age and, and you know, buying a sports car, uh, that that may well be true too? Sadly, it does hit almost exactly that, which was a coincidence, right? We just looked at all ages, but that is what came out of the data. And really embarrassingly, in retrospect, that's exactly the age that I sold my red convertible as well. (laughs) Why sports cars, though? 
Well, that's very interesting. I mean, this is why the cliche is always there, we think, because there does seem to be some sort of link. There's, of course, a long Darwinian theory about why men might invest in these things. It's called conspicuous consumption. Mm. And the analogy is with sort of peacock's feathers, right? The peacock's feathers are useless to the peacock. You know, they're really hard to run around. You can't fly with them. Their only value there is to attract the mate. And in fact, they're so ostentatious, they waste so much resources. It's sort of a boast to say, look how healthy I am. I can waste all of my strength and resources growing these feathers that are completely useless. Mm. So the pointlessness and the expense of them is their value. And you can see this across the animal kingdom. And one explanation for our results is this is a human version of it, that the fact that I can waste all of this money on a Lamborghini just shows how much resources that I have to attract a mate. Right. But, it, but I suppose it, it can be culturally influenced to an extent that, that you know, if, if it was in a country where donkeys were highly prized, uh, that, you know, you had a massive donkey collection, that, that would be the, effectively the same thing. You are thinking like a wonderful scientist. Let's get a grant together and go do our donkey <laughs> You know, I might add in that one of the things I think that was really great about this study is that we, our, our um, study group was global. We were able, you know, to, because of the way um, research is conducted these days, to take in, um, you know, a survey respondents from uh, South Korea and China and Italy and England and the U.S. and Mexico and, and all over the world. So I, I think that was a really interesting part of this study for me to see how this was going to be conducted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Chuck Thompson is a journalist and author of The Status Revolution. Uh, Daniel Richardson is a professor in the Department of Experimental Psychology in University College London. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.